1: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt, as well as on Facebook Live on facebook.com backslash live nowdt, and on youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt. So however you're connecting with the show, we appreciate so much you being here today on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and always Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. It is my true honor and privilege to welcome my next guest to the show, that being to Bucky Jones. To Bucky played for Syracuse and had four seasons there, played running back and defensive back before advancing forward and being drafted in the first round of the 1998 NFL draft, going on to play for the Patriots, the Saints, and the Dolphins in a long career inside of the NFL. So with that being said, I proudly bring on one of my childhood favorite players from Syracuse history, to Bucky Jones. To Bucky, how are you doing today?
0: Great, great. Good morning.
1: And, and to Bucky, I mean, I, I got to I gotta say, and I know I told you off the air, but, I mean, you are, and I'm sure I'm not the only one in saying this, you know, to me you are a fan favorite playing at Syracuse, one of my favorite players to ever watch. Uh, anybody says to me, to Bucky Jones, and it puts a smile on my face because I remember being in the Dome watching you. So what can you say to to, you know, uh, that, the fact that, say, you know, you are one of those, and I don't know, I mean, do you get a sense of that? Do you still feel that way from the fan base? Because, to me, you're one of those names that's always going to live on in the history of Syracuse football.
0: Um. Yeah, I get people, I remember one time, years ago, being in Vegas, and a waitress came up to me, and I um, said my name, and she, um she went to Syracuse, and I was actually one of her, um, Favorite fans, so <laughs> favorite players. But um, just as just as well as everyone, you know, fan favorite there. I, I, shoot, I always loved it there. I still I still remember. I was uh, uh, I had a group up there. that had a sign called uh, "To Bucky, To Jones, To Fan, To Club." He should hang all the way up, uh, way at the top of the Raptors. And you know, to this day, I still have that banner. They gave it to me my senior year when I graduated and I still have that
1: banner in my house. I mean and that's and that's incredible and that's amazing. do you remember when did they when did they give you the banner?
0: Like right after the last um home game.
1: So for you to take that and to have that and to know that like the fans gave it to you, where is it in your house? Where do you keep it?
0: Oh, right in my um I got a little room with all, uh, you know, my rings and and stuff like that, so It's hung up right in
1: there. You know, and and, and speaking here with Tabucky Jones, and so awesome to have that fan connection and that love, what do you remember of your time in Syracuse, Tabucky? You know, when we talk about fondest memories, things that stick out to you the most, what are some of those moments in Syracuse history that really never leave you, so to speak? Well, I can remember when I first got there.
0: So my birthday is in October, early October. And I can remember it snowed before my birthday, first year, and I'm like, "Holy crap! What the hell?" <laughs> you know, coming from you know coming from Connecticut, New England, with Connecticut, we get snow, but not like up there. But in fact, actually, I, I actually enjoyed it. I love, I love the snow. I love the school. Um, biggest memory: I, I remember senior year, um, I got hurt. Um, week two. I had to get an ankle surgery week two. And and um, so they told me I would miss probably eight games and I ended up coming back in two and And um, I think we were playing two lanes they were undefeated. They had uh, Sean King as the quarterback. And I can remember they were going down the score and we they, we practiced this play that they ran on the goal line every day. And I remember end up uh picking the ball off for a 98-yard touchdown score. And that's probably one of my fondest memories playing there. And the worst part of it was I, I went in and scored, then um, – over 100 guys jumped on me, so I couldn't breathe at the bottom of
1: the pile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what is that about, you know, Syracuse Syracuse football? I remember uh, there was a, a few seasons back, maybe like four or five seasons ago, where, you know, the tight end caught the game-winning touchdown, and everybody jumped on him. And I'm like, yo, man can't breathe. And, like, you don't want him to be injured for the, uh, for the postseason and whatnot. So, you know, I, I think it's interesting. You bring that up because there's that like pile-on thing, and then you're at the bottom of the pile, going, "Yo, guys, if you want me to pick the ball next game, y'all got to get off me." So, and especially after running, you know, you running, you're out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> so, it junk, but it's a great feeling, though. You know, get
0: you know get that play, score, win, win the game. Because I'm, uh, we went on a winning streak after that, and um, ended up playing what in the Fiesta Bowl. It was a good, good ending, you know, for my senior year being there.
1: Yeah, you know, and and for you, I mean, when you went through your time at Syracuse, you were on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. Did you have a preference? And, and what was, you know, what do you kind of look back on and think about when they brought you in, they put you at running back and then shifted you over to DB? I know you played on special teams as well and kick return. So was there a favorite spot that you had in, in the whole situation and, and, what did you think about Did you like or dislike the fact that you were moved around?
0: No, nah, I always looked like, even like in high school, I always looked at myself as an athlete. So I was like one of those guys. It didn't really matter what sport it was. I like, picked it up easy. So I did, it's like you know playing offense, uh, defense, special teams. I always, you know, whatever helped the team win, it didn't matter. I, I I will play it, and that kind of happened in the pros too. I played like special teams defense. I remember one year I played defense and I started every special team, even field goals. So wherever I was always
1: needed. I just I I do anything to win. And having that mentality. I know you. I know you coach for a bit as well in more recent history. Being somebody who was willing to do anything to help the team win, doing whatever it takes on offense, defense, and special teams, how does that translate into how you taught your team when guys you know, wanted to be somewhere, they wanted to start here, maybe they didn't like where you were moving them, they thought they knew better than you did. How did you use your experience of being in all three phases of the game to help as a coach when a player maybe didn't like where you put them or didn't like the fact that you asked them to shift to another position?
0: Especially the guys who had opportunities to go on play in college. It didn't matter if it was uh, D three, two, or one. That um, the position you're promised in high school is never promised in college. So you should be. It, it, um, I would. I would. I, I would like to try, especially uh, top players. Like if you're running back, your defensive back. I, I love to move them all over around to play different spots because I've been through it, you know, when I went to college. yeah, I played running back in um, safety and off special teams. So, like, the more you can do for a team, the more valuable you are.
1: And, and do you think that that's what it was for you? I mean, when you got drafted in the first round by the Patriots, 22nd overall, do you feel that because you played in all three phases that you became a more attractive pick for them in in, in a sense? Yeah, I thought um, I thought it helped a lot because
0: look, even my senior year when I switched over, there there's a couple games I got in certain plays there to go on and and I went in as a running back too. So I thought I always thought that in anything, the more you do, the more valuable you are. So I remember uh, I don't know remember that we played uh, Miami down there, and I went in. I got a pick in the game. And then um, after I went down, I think it was, uh, McIntosh got hurt. So then uh, it was D Brown and uh, Rob Conrad. So we got in uh, about 30 yards up. They put me in with those guys. I ended up scoring like a 30-yard touchdown.
1: Yeah, and it, And it puts you in a situation to always be kind of a danger on the field, no matter who you're playing against speaking here with Syracuse Orange and NFL, running back a defensive back alone, Tabucky, Tabucky Jones here, and and very happy to have you here on the show today. Uh, we uh, we have a message that came in from uh, one of our owners here in the community at, at Pizza Man Pub, uh, Jim Delia, and he said, that's amazing. That was one of my all-time favorite banners hanging up in the dome growing up. Glad it was special to Tabucky. He's the man. Great player. So, Not just you, remembering uh, those banners, the banner that you uh, talked about having there. And and really cool to see a a fan and somebody who's obviously ingrained in our community as a business owner saying that he remembers that exact banner that you have in your home now and happy that it meant something to you. So, you know, to Bucky, these these Syracuse fans never forget.
0: Yeah, man. I I tell people all the time. I mean, there's a lot of people uh, down here in Connecticut that uh, went to school. I... Don't tell my I see cars, they drive by, they got the stickers on the car. <laughs> I, bl- I blow the horn at them, they don't know what I'm blowing the horn at, but at that point I tell them, like, point at the Syracuse uh, stickers. You know, like that, you can get some alumni love, you know, of uh, all the people around, but I always, I tell people all the time, I always love to day. I enjoy my time, I got lifetime friends I play with, you know, on the teams and and I enjoy talking to them now. I'm trying to go up uh, June, I think it's six, somewhere around there, to play in a golf tournament for um, uh, what's uh shoot, okay, uh, Paul just passed away. I mean, rest in peace. He was my um, strength coach. Yeah, up in um, New England for a few years, so. I love to go up playing the golf tournament, and you know, represent him helped me out a lot. Kept my speed up. Got that uh, four three down to a four two. So big respect.
1: <laughs> and and to Bucky, you know, to to have that, like you said, blowing the horn to see the fans. Fans are fans of Syracuse are all over the country, uh, all over the world, and uh, really anywhere you go. I remember working uh, working at Disney. And you have the choice on your name tag to put either like the college that you're going to or to put uh, your city that you came from, your hometown. And so I put Syracuse, New York, and it has, so it has your first name. And so it said Daniel, Syracuse, New York. And I can't tell you how many times people would look at my name tag and yell out, go Cuse. And I mean, sometimes it was like, it was like every week, sometimes it felt like every day. But so many people coming from all over the world to Disney, and they would see it, and they would say, they would say, go Cuse, and a uh, little kid had a, uh, the 2003 national championship for basketball, men's basketball, the ring. He had the shirt with the ring on it, and I had the exact same shirt. And he came into the restaurant I was working at at Hollywood Studios, and, and his mom was like, go show him. Like, look at his name tag. And he saw where I was from, and I told him I had the exact same shirt. And I mean, I can't tell you how many, I mean, a fan would walk up and just kind of whisper in my ear, go Cuse, or they yell out to you. And it's, it's really remarkable and incredible that they really are everywhere. And Syracuse fans have no problem, you know, like bumping fists with you, coming out and saying something to you. It's, it's a camaraderie with total strangers that I think is really cool. And it shows you that the uh, sports world brings people together in a really unique way. Oh yeah, huge.
0: I can, I can remember me and my wife, we were down in the uh, Dominican Republic some years ago. And uh, some, we were a little kid had that jersey, that, that t-shirt on. <laughs> you It know, surprised me. Like, wow, it's all, we're all the way in the Dominican Republic. And one of the little kids out there got a um, national championship basketball shirt on from Syracuse.
1: Yeah, maybe it's the same kid. Maybe he just gets to go on really cool vacations. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> To Bucky Jones hanging out with us of Syracuse and NFL history. To Bucky, going back to, like you said, you try to keep up with your teammates and stay in touch with them. Who are some of the teammates you have the best relationships with, like, still to this day?
0: Oh, Marvin Harrison, Dana Cottrell, Antoine Pons. Stay in touch with Rod Gass in a little while. Sometimes, but he was my roommate, too. Marvin and uh, Rod was my roommate freshman year. Um, Donovan Darius, I just talked to him the other day. So it's a few of them, Phil and Nash, a couple guys on our social media. I seen Kevin, Kevin Johnson, a couple times here and there. So, yeah, we, we tight little bunch. We try to uh, communicate as much as possible.
1: You know, and 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 having that, you know, places say that that they're a family, they're a brotherhood, they're a sisterhood. It's it's a it's a more than a team. Some people mean it. Some people don't. Obviously, Syracuse created that family atmosphere. You guys still wouldn't be talking today. What can you tell me about life on that team? Like in practice, in the locker room, what was it like to have the personalities that you had on that team?
0: Oh, it was funny because we, we had serious guys that are serious. We had a lot of jokes. A lot of jokes on the team. And um, especially uh, Kevin Johnson, he's always, you know, joking around McNabb. McNabb, I remember tackling him in the spring game, and he was laughing at the bottom of the pile. (laughs) Like, what the hell's wrong with this dude? So, so that's the kind of stuff, you know, joke around, play around. We, man, we do. I remember pranks uh, in the in the bathroom. Like, someone would put (laughs) put clear um, like foil over the toilet bowl. Somebody, you know, (laughs) it's all kind of crazy stuff going on in there. And you know, it was all good times fun times. And those are things you um, always remember.
1: So I got to, I got to ask you because I played a lot of pranks in college too. And I, I never thought that I couldn't do it, but I didn't know how much of a prankster I was until my friend, shout out Steve Stahl, until he kind of declared war upon my home. And when that happened, uh, you know, I did my, uh, I did my, uh, my godfather impression. I was like, if you write it in blood, then we're writing it in blood. Like if we're, if we're pranking, we're pranking. And I went off for a while after that. Who was the best prankster on the team?
0: Um uh, Wow, let me see. Uh uh, probably oh, oh, um Scott Cairn and, and um Scott Mitchell.
1: <laughs> okay. Why yeah, why those, so? They those are crazy. <laughs> I think it's more crazy than than prankster. Uh,
0: you know I remember they I remember they went through um campus like Sky had an old uh rest in peace he just passed away last uh two years ago now but he um they went on his truck he had a pickup truck old beat up pickup truck and they ran through the school with mask on and jock straps (laughs) through the campus (laughs) Look, I'm telling now. It's like 30 years later, 25 years later. <laughs> but yeah, those guys used to do some crazy stuff.
1: Well, and the thing that's good is the statute of limitations is only five years, so you're good. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> Did you ever play any pranks to Bucky?
0: Me? Nah, not. not I, was, I was a jokester, but okay. not like like pranking people doing like i i was a, I could I could rank I was one of those guys getting a little uh rank battle, yeah, sometimes I won a lot
1: <laughs> <laughs> so tell tell me about that a little bit who'd you go up against?
0: No, nah, it was just anybody okay like you come in with something funny you know some crazy clothes on or something like that, a lot of times I'll say something about it. But, they, you know, guys said stuff, you know, right back at me. So it was
1: all good and fun. So I got to ask you about, because I haven't had the opportunity yet uh, to speak with Marvin Harrison, who obviously had an illustrious career in the NFL, uh, had a great bond with Peyton Manning, and just uh, brought some incredible Madden numbers to the game. And when he was at Syracuse was tremendous as well. What can you tell me about uh, being a teammate of Marvin Harrison, connecting with him and, and your friendship with, with Mr. Harrison?
0: I tell you what, impress me he is, He's the best thing he's the best roommate in the, in the world. He had he kept food in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> he always, you know, welcomed us. You know, eating it and, and the and the funny thing, he never ate it. Yeah. He was eating McDonalds all the time. I'm sitting there like this dude eating McDonalds. How is he staying, staying this um thin? he's mcdonald's he was a mcdonald's guy and looking at him uh, from back then to now he's actually like the same size yeah i what? think I'm, everyone else i saw put on some weight
1: <laughs> <laughs> marvin just has i had a friend in school uh matt in elementary school same thing he could he could eat literally anything that was not good for you and he wouldn't gain a pound yeah, I can't understand that. You got the fastest metabolism in the world. <laughs> well, Marvin was fast, so you yeah. know, may, maybe it fit with them and that do you have a favorite Marvin Harrison story?
0: Best um well I was about to give you one of my best plays, that that over route. Every time he caught that he ran that over route, I um I always I always put my hands up. I knew it was a touchdown. Yeah. Once he caught her, it's really um people gonna catch him.
1: So that's uh, um, oh, yeah. Go ahead. What were you gonna say?
0: Um, excuse me, let me, I, yeah, my memory a little shot, you know, playing the league so long.
1: <laughs> no, you're okay.
0: Trying to think a story. But you no, know, the best thing, the best thing for me that he ever, I got in trouble at school. Yeah. And he was right there, snap of a finger, to help me out. That's why I give big up respect to Marvin.
1: Friends of life. <laughs> and do you feel like, you know, if you needed him now, he would be there again? Oh, all the time. Marvin Marvin's that dude. Fair enough. That coming from Tabucky Jones, Syracuse, an NFL alum. Speaking on Marvin Harrison, I have to ask you about a guy who I told you off the air I razz a lot. I, I appreciate him, love him, part of the family, extended family, Dana Cottrell, but he picked the wrong team and so did you. So, <laughs> being former Patriots, bring me into that because, you know, Dana and you both went to Syracuse and you also both went to the New England Patriots. I uh, I can respect you both for your game and forgive you for it, but it's a tough thing for me to stomach knowing what they've done to my Jaguars historically. But uh, what can you tell me about Dana Cottrell?
0: Yeah, Dana's my man. I still keep in contact with Dana to this day. We actually playing in the- Go up, um, hopefully together, um, up to the uh, golf tournament. Dana, the, the best thing was—it's um, funny because he—he's from Mass and I'm from Connecticut, and we both end up in New England. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he was—he uh, well, was, he graduated a year before me, but it's crazy how he was there and I ended up there um, together. So. The biggest thing, even though I was from Connecticut, I really didn't know anything about Mass. So, he, he basically showed me around and showed me the way down
1: there. And what, I mean, what are your favorite moments, stories with Dana Cottrell, either Syracuse or in New England when he was showing you around? Uh,
0: the best one is probably not even either one of those, really. Um, we it, it was the greatest thing. We... Marvin was getting inducted, so I was coming uh, to, uh, to the Hall of Fame. I was coming back from Texas, and we decided to make a guy trip. So me, Dana, a couple other players, like, you know what? I just got home like 2 in the morning. I took the train for to go to Philly, and we drove um, from Philly to uh, Canton. So... It was three other guys, they bailed out, so it was me and Dana, we went down and uh, drove down. And it was a blast, I had a blast with them. We we hung out down there and we we stayed in Cleveland, got to see some of the other guys that came down. Only bad part about it is that I probably will never do again is the ride was too long for me. Yeah. I didn't know Pennsylvania was that long across.
1: So. <laughs> oh yeah, Pennsylvania is like the most one of the most boring. Like I said, I love PPA. Yeah. It is one of the most boring states to drive through.
0: Yeah, so. there was nothing. It was nothing but trees.
1: <laughs> yeah, for like four. It's like it's like four hours of just staring at the same road the whole time. Oh yeah, all day.
0: <laughs> I'm glad he was good to drive because I, like I said, I just flew in like two in the morning. Got on the train, went to Philly, and we just took off. Yeah. It was great. had a great time. Got to see Marvin get inducted. Seen a couple other guys that we played with down there um, for Syracuse and in the pros. So, great time.
1: What was it like being at the uh, induction to the Hall of Fame for Marvin Harrison?
0: Oh, it was uh, incredible. You know, going down, you know, first roommate. And um when he got inducted in, that's one thing I said I'd never miss. You know, any guy I played with. You no know, Syracuse. So we took that trip. Even though I was um kind of beat from coming from Texas, I was like, There's no way I'm gonna miss it. Yeah. And I got to, actually got to see his wife and his and his son. I haven't seen him in years. So it was great. Great seeing him again. Yeah. She used to hang out with my wife in college when she came down. So, a little connection there.
1: <laughs> yeah, and to, and to have that moment and to have these connections with your teammates still to this day. And, and speaking of teammates, your first year, speaking here with Tabucky Jones on Wake Up Call with Dan Totora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios, your first year with New England right after being drafted, you had Drew Bledsoe, Robert Edwards, uh, Terry Glenn, on the team Ben Coates, Tom Tupa who filled in for the Jets at one point when he was on their team as the quarterback when they ran out of quarterbacks uh, you had Yeah. It was crazy and you had uh, you had Ty Law, Lawyer Malloy, you, you know Teddy Bruschi, I mean the the team that Yeah. The team that you were on was so I mean everybody thinks about New England with Tom Brady and all that but before all that happened I mean you guys were stacked when you came in as as a newbie in the NFL what can you tell me about you know coming onto a team seeing all this talent and then you know on the defensive side of the ball that you're learning from the you know the Teddy Brewskis and the Ty Laws and the Willie Clays and the Lawyer Malloys you know that I can't even imagine the words the Willie McGinnis like of you walking onto this team what was that like? Well, it, it was the best. The best thing for me. It was great having, you know, and then um, actually Willie Clay too. Yeah,
0: uh, was a safe show. Um, it was great for me because me just playing the position for one year allowed me to, you know, come in and learn from guys that been playing it, brought all their careers, and plus the year before I went there, they played in a Super Bowl. Uh, they played against uh, it was the Green Bay Packers. So, you know, it was the greatest thing coming in and um, learning from those guys. Actually, one game I got in the, in the game and uh, Drew saved me. <laughs> um, when we were playing, it was at uh, Buffalo. Yeah. So Andre Reed, I was guarding Andre Reed at corner, and I was I was jammed. He couldn't get off the line. So I was jamming him He couldn't really get off the line. And then he hit me with the veteran okey-doke. He just, the ball was snapped and he stood there. So I looked inside and he ran the route. And I dove like the last, I had my hand on the ball, but he ended up catching the ball and scoring. And Drew came in and brought us back down for the win. Much respect, Drew Bledsoe. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: he saved me.
1: <laughs> well, and, the, and the thing is with, with Drew Bledsoe is, you know, after he went down with an injury, and here comes this backup quarterback from Michigan, who was a sixth-round compensatory pick, to the New England Patriots. Yeah, and he walks in, and and that's the end of Drew Bledsoe in New England. So uh, I want to I want to go back to Drew for a second. What can you say? I mean, you just said much respect to him and what he did to bail you out. What did he mean as a leader to the team and as a quarterback on the team? Because he has become a forgotten man after everything that Tom Brady's done. So what can you say about Drew Bledsoe being your quarterback originally when he came to the Patriots?
0: Yeah, Drew, Drew was a leader. You know, I'm coming in leader. Drew was the man, man. I mean, that big guy, 6'6", six, six, strong arm, um, sit in the pocket, calm under pressure. I can never forget stuff like that, you know. Won a game. I mean, think about it. He was a high draft pick. He, he took the team to the uh, Super Bowl yeah and um I mean they ended up losing but they got there um shoot he was a great guy he's a face of the team great guy to be around um shoot there's I mean I could talk on and on with Drew he's the um give me tips as a quarterback when I was um corner when I first came in so a guy's always willing to help the team do anything to win much respect for me.
1: And then things shift to Tom Brady while you're on the New England team in the early part of the 21st century and you, no big deal, go to and win a Super Bowl. So speak with me on the transition first of Bledsoe to Tom Brady. As you said, he, he was the third string quarterback on the roster. When he stepped in for an injured Drew Bledsoe, what was going through your mind? How much did you know about Tom? Did you guys have a relationship prior to? I mean, what can you tell me about the transition?
0: Well, I know, what. first off, when it happened, I thought Damien Hewitt was going in. Because Damian Hewitt, uh, we brought him in, and then uh, they ended up putting Tom in. But I didn't really, there was no like, oh, man, the season's over. Yeah, There was none of that type of stuff. Because I, I used to I watch him a couple times when he first got there. I used stay out there, so... With him, he um he was one. He's one of those guys that when practice is over, like when he got when he first practiced, he's still out there. He's throwing the ball. He's working on this out route because I remember when he first got there, the arm wasn't that strong, but he worked on it. When we we have like running running groups instead of running with his group, he's running with the DB or the receivers. So he's always pushing, like, you know, pushing himself more, like, over that compassion. And actually, he was a quiet guy. He wasn't really into the game. You know, he got more amped up during the game. But was during the weekend, he was more quiet. I guess he grew into the role. So I, I always knew that... Um, when he got in, I didn't really – I mean, of course, when Drew went down, I was like, oh, crap, you know, Drew went down. But I knew his work work ethic. I yeah. could see his work ethic. He's always working on things. And then that's what made him the player he is today.
1: And in 2001, in that season, uh, moving forward, he led the team five seconds after becoming a starter, it felt like. For the Patriots, you know, here he is with with you and the rest of the squad going to the Super Bowl against the St. Louis Rams and defeating the Rams. Bring me into that season, a fourteen and five season, I believe that you were a part of. Just what you can say about about that. I mean, Drew, like you said, you came onto the team. Drew was a leader. You respected him. He's bailed bow- he bailed you out before on the field and whatnot. And then in comes Tom Brady, who you thought was going to be the third string guy and he's doing his thing. And then right after, I mean, it feels like almost immediately after, I know that there was a bunch of games, but he comes in and he leads this team after I thought growing up as a kid, wow, Drew's a really good quarterback. He's not going to lose his job. Tom Brady took it and never gave it back and won that, that first Super Bowl that he had. And you got to be a part of that run. Bring me into that incredible season where you got to uh, bring home some hardware.
0: Well, look, before he got hurt, we were one and four at the time. So he came in. You know, it went so fast, I don't even, like, remember. Adam Vinatieri comes in, knock it down, next thing you know, Super Bowl 36 chance.
1: And, and so few people, speaking here with Tabucky Jones, Syracuse, an NFL alum and Super Bowl champion inside of the Cafe Kuball Studios here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So few players, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of players throughout the history of the NFL, no matter how well they played individually, will never, have never experienced being at the game, let alone winning the game, you got to bring me on the field with the confetti and that moment. I mean, a Super Bowl, you can say forever that you are on a short list of Super Bowl champions when we look at the percentage of teams that actually get to say they are and players that get to say they are. Tell me about what it was like to be standing on that field with the helmet off, looking up at the score and knowing that you were at the top of the NFL in that moment.
0: Yeah, I can remember he made that field goal. And all I can remember is Antoine Smith running to the middle of the field with his helmet up, and I'm looking like, oh, wow, we just really did it. You know, the whole time I believed 100% that we were going to win anyway. So, but seeing guys, it was crazy. I mean, I'm not a crier, but I see a lot of tears. You know, a lot of tears, confettis all over the place. Family, our families come down. That was the best part of come down. Got the chance to, you know, enjoy the win, win with us. And probably the best thing about it is we were in New Orleans for the Super Bowl and Mardi Gras at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're you're in a, and, and that's, and New Orleans is an incredible, incredible city. And, you know, so for you, I mean, what did you do? Like you said, you saw Antoine run by you with his helmet off and whatnot. What was your react? Like, what was your immediate reaction? Tem- bring me into like the first thing you did when the game truly was yours and it was over. What was like the first reaction you had, and then how long did it take for it to sink in to you? Like that day itself. So, what was the first reaction you had, and then like what was kind of the reaction once it kind of settled with you? Oh nah, it
0: settled quick with me. <laughs> I put you know, I seen Antoine, I took my helmet, you know, rolled it in the air and then basically like for all the people who don't believe, I think I was shouting something like that. Like we believe, you know, we always believe. And um yeah, it sunk in fast. I I like I knew already. It's like a vision. I like I knew I had this dream, we won, we went out and played. Won the game, and it came reality. So it's like I already had that vision, and um, that we were gonna win the game. But the biggest thing is the perks after the Super Bowl. <laughs> like everything went up. You can Do like autograph signings, you know? More. I mean, the fans. It's, it's just I can't even explain it.
1: What's the parade like? I mean, what's that experience like of the parade, and and then uh, I, I'm guessing at that time too, you went to the White House.
0: Well, no, I didn't go to the I didn't go to the parade or the White House because okay. in that game, what a lot of people don't know is so. Did you see when I ran the uh, the fumble recovery back the 98 yard recovery?
1: Yeah, what happened? I was I I I. In the first quarter, I got hit. So I was playing. I ripped my whole quad across. Yeah. And I wasn't really supposed to play in the second half,
0: but I played anyway. So after that game, my leg was – so I couldn't even walk. That's how swollen my leg was. But the adrenaline, until I got back to that hotel room, then it all kicked in. (laughs) So, yeah, I was was in the training room the whole time. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: So I mean, did you have any type of family celebration when you went back home? Did they do anything for you when you went home? No, I well we flew back.
0: Well my wife and them, they were there. Like yeah. had
1: family there.
0: So when we flew back when we flew back, I went straight to the training room. I was I already had in my mind that I needed to get healthy to make another run at it again.
1: So for you it was like I lived, I lived in there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say so like for you it's like you you come onto the field you you put your helmet in the air and you're you're already thinking like 5 seconds after winning this 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 massive game, the biggest game in football, you're like I got to go to chapter I got to go to chapter 2 now.
0: Yeah, I already had it. we can we can do it again.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean did you think that he I mean seeing what Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were able to put together when you went on that Super Bowl run and you won it and you had that moment with him after, you know, Tom came in for an injured Drew Bledsoe, did you think that you know, because I think it's so easy for people to say now that, oh, yeah, we we knew he was going to be the guy. But, I mean, you were on the team with him. Did you genuinely believe that he would be as successful as he's been or has he surprised you?
0: Yeah, I think he surprised everybody.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't think, I don't know, I don't know anybody who's the same this journey this plus 20 years most winning this franchise in the nfl in the last 20 years was going to be like this the only thing i could say is like at the year after we won it the next year we started off on fire it was like i can remember who's going to beat them we're blowing everybody out we ended up not making it to the playoffs but i could see like the potential i could see like the league and like you should already know and then just work on a little thing now he goes back to the basin like if you do it this way it'll work because of this and you do it this way and you could see the team gravitating to all that yeah with the help of brady which it was already a workaholic anyway so even though i ended up leaving i could see i could kind of see them winning and you know the, the program changed of winning and winning. I ain't know this many times, but <laughs> I can see it coming.
1: <laughs> Do you ever look back and think you should have stayed or no?
0: Yeah, no, I never really. I mean, I didn't. I never wanted to leave. Yeah, I mean, it's just business. I ended up getting franchised. Ended up leaving, but yeah, I would. I mean, think about it, that. Being there was the best thing for me. I'm, I'm from there. So you get a lot of family and friends, be able to see him all the time. It's not that kind of homesickness. Like I remember when I went left and went to New Orleans, I kind of got homesick because I was so used to being, you know, close to home and to my family.
1: Yeah. And I ended up going down by myself. And you know, and when you when you did that, and we look back on it, speaking here with Tabucky Jones on Wake Up Call with Daniel Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. Kind of the irony of winning the Super Bowl in New Orleans and then going to play in New Orleans, with you know, with you becoming a saint and then ultimately going to Miami. What what are your best memories of New Orleans and Miami? I mean, I I'm sure nothing can can hold up to what you did with the Patriots, but what fond memories do you have of New Orleans and Miami? Uh, New Orleans, man, I could not keep my weight down. <laughs> the food is too good. <laughs>
0: I can. I can work out, you know, train, and, it's the food, that's gotta be the best food on the planet down there, you know, down in New Orleans. Stayed there a few years. I enjoyed, I enjoyed my time there. It was, I enjoyed the weather. It was super hot, which I love, I love, like, the heat. Yeah. I guess that comes with getting older, I think, because I used to love the snow when I was younger. But, um, Yeah, I enjoyed it there in Miami. Actually, uh, Miami, when I went to Miami, it was closer to um, when Nick Saban was coaching. So it was actually a lot similar to being in New England with uh, a lot of the um, styles of uh, defenses and stuff. I guess you got um, Saban and Belichick under that same coaching tree.
1: Yeah. And, and and so I ended up
0: going back to New England. A lot of people forget that.
1: Yeah. And when you, and when you did, I mean, that full circle approach for you to to come back, you know what what did that mean to you to go where where it all started with the team that drafted you with you know the team that drafted you the team you won a Super Bowl with to go home to New New England to end your career and to like you said before be close to home. Not everybody gets to write a story that comes that full circle. So, what was that like for you?
0: Well, the best like, when I went to, when I went back to New England, you know the best thing? Belichick, it was uh, Mr. Kraft, those guys. And it, it's like, so are you glad to be back home? Yeah. And that, like, made, you know, that I felt great. Like, while I left and these guys, you know, welcome and come back and big welcoming. That's one thing I'll never forget. And when you play at plays like that, that's a true true organization.
1: What can you say about uh, Bill Belichick and, and, and Robert Kraft? I mean, like you said, it's a true organization, and them looking at you saying, "Are you glad to be back home?" I could tell that's a big moment for you. Uh, how would you describe? Even deeper, Bill Belichick and, and and Robert Kraft, who have obviously worked together to pun totally intended, craft a, an incredible franchise. So, what can you say about those two guys?
0: Well, but being um more with Bill, Bill's a great guy. Um, a little different than the media. Like when he talks to the media and when and he's behind closed doors. Totally different guy. He's, act, he's actually he's actually pretty funny. A little dry humor. You know, vice, you in the office, conversations, working out, crap, always, you know, practicing. Uh, he's around the practices stuff like that. And that's, to me, that's a good owner, you know. When you're invested in the players, not just, you know, pay, paying the, the salary, but you're actually there. You know, you get some places, they're not there. I mean, you see them for the team photo, but they're not there, you know. Yeah. So, he he, he made it like a family, and that's a good, you know, great thing about it, go parties to his house, you know, things like that. Make every player feel like like your home, like your home away from home.
1: That coming here from Tabaki Jones. Tabagi, final piece here, and, you know, incredible – conversation of, of everything you got to do, because I I obviously grew up knowing you at, at Syracuse, and you know you being able to go from there and become a Super Bowl champion and play with Tom Brady, play with Drew Bledsoe, be in the transition of two, have Bill Belichick and... and hold,
0: on, hold on, i like to correct people. Yeah, go ahead. I played with Drew Bledsoe, but Tom Brady played with me because I'm
1: older. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like that. I like that. I can roll with that. I, play, I played with Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I played with Drew, but Tom played with me. I like that. That's good. So, Tabucky, great stuff today. I mean, that was awesome. Before I let you go, uh, nobody, I mean, I would imagine no one's given you the opportunity to ask the questions in your career. Uh, players, Players get asked, but they don't get to flip the script. And I do a thing on my show called Rapid Fire, where my interviewee, which is you today, gets to put me on the hot seat and flip it around. So you can ask me any three questions, football-related, family, life, doesn't matter. But you can ask me any three questions in the world. I'm going to hand you the microphone and let you do something that players never get to do. So whenever you're ready, I'm on the hot seat. You can ask me a question. All right. uh, First time you go to football. First time I caught a football, dang. I was probably little, so I would I would say I was little. I mean, I grew up playing basketball. I remember the first time I picked up a basketball or anything like that was three, but c- catching a football, I always liked to to play catch, and I would say that still to this day, I have a football on my back deck, like, ready to go, and whenever somebody comes over the house, that's one of the first things on my mind is, like, you want to go throw the football. So I, uh, I would say I was probably... Younger, but older than when I first picked up the basketball, which was three Alright, um, how many children you have? I don't have any yet, I have a dog who acts like my child all the time But I, not a, not a dad yet, uh, someday, hopefully, God willing, I'll have that opportunity But I uh, haven't met the right person, so don't have any children yet
0: Um, favorite jaguar.
1: Oh man, this one is easy. He's he's uh, picture in my studio and everything. Fred Taylor, by far my favorite favorite Jaguar of all time. And uh, same, same draft class. Yeah, and and the thing is, like he, I mean, such an incredible, such an incredible player, and uh, huge huge fan of Fred. I I, I mean, Keenan McCardell, Jimmy Smith, uh, Mark Brunel, a lot of guys on that team. Obviously, Donovan Darius coming from Syracuse, going to the Jags. Aaron Beasley. A lot of uh, amazing players, but I would have to tell you that, you know, by far, anybody that knows me would say Fred Taylor, hands down. So, yeah, I'll Fred. Great running back. So, that coming from Tabucky Jones. Tabucky, thank you so I mean, I know this is the first time you've been on the show, but I uh, would love to have you back, and I uh, thank you so much for your time. This has been uh, incredible, funny, exciting. Statute of Limitations is done, so you got to tell some stories. Uh, and I'm and I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that repeatedly when I talk about uh, you with people, and especially when people listen back to the show that you played with Drew, but Tom played with you. I like that. So, <laughs> all right, all right, man. So thank you for everything, and I'll look forward to talking with you soon. All right, thank you. Take care. All right.